Artificers are masters of magical crafts. They're tinkerers and inventors capable of producing wonders out of mere scraps. Not to mention, they're the only Wizards of the Coast original class to be added since the beginning. Rogues are infiltrators and cutthroats, skilled in the ways of subterfuge and murder. You put them together, and you get a gadget-laden spy with robot buddies. If sneaking and building your way across the field is how you want to operate in combat, this is definitely a video you want to stick around for. Even by our usual multi-class standards, this one is a bit unusual. Artificers have a lot of fun combat buffs and support options, but have serious combat limitations. Even the Artillerist is just halfway decent at it. The Rogue class is one of the best defensive options in the game and is the archetypal sneaky character. But wouldn't it be nice if they had some gadgets as well? In an odd way, both classes make use of and gain bonuses towards their thieves tools, and while they don't seem like they'd mesh as multi-class options, it actually works pretty well. Your first instinct may be to take the Artillerist for the Eldritch Cannon, but no matter how I tried the math, Artificer Rogue multiclassing always left me with simply less damage when using the Arcane Cannon. Instead, we're going to focus more on the features of Rogues augmented and enhanced by the utility features and additional damage options of the Artificer. You end up with a bit more than a sneaky Artificer or a Rogue with additional spellcasting options. And when multi-class right, you'll end up as a rogue flush with all sorts of utility spells with tons of useful gadgets for their stealth missions and a robot pal to provide sneak attacks for combat. The slow level progression on sneak attack hurts, but we can offset it. You get to be a Q and James Bond all in one, essentially, with this build. Which version of those characters I will leave entirely up to you. So what are the downsides here? Multiclassing an Artificer and Rogue isn't the smoothest combination. A Rogue sneak attack is determined by their Rogue levels, not their character levels. This means we're taking a big attack damage hit with any levels not taken in Rogue. Artificer multiclasses have a similar issue as a partial spellcaster, and any levels not taken as Artificer levels will hurt the already wimpy Artificer spell progression and spellcasting abilities. We'll also be pretty low on hit points compared to other martial characters since even single-class Rogues aren't all that beefy. Thankfully, we can combine the archetypes in ways to alleviate most of this, but ultimately in any multi-class build, we're sacrificing the late-level capstone features and specializations of a single-class character for more options and utility. Thankfully, the high-level artificer abilities aren't that amazing, so we don't lose out on much here. This dual-class option kicks in at 4th level once we gain our 3rd level of artificer and 1st level of rogue. There are later features we hope to synergize with as well, but the core concept will function with just a 4th level build. Ultimately, we're looking at a final build of 6th level Artificer and 14th level Rogue. Now let's get into the class features that we care about. The many features of Rogues and Artificers mesh in some interesting ways as multi-class characters. Starting with the Artificer features, we have Magical Tinkering. Gained with just a single level of Artificer and typically underutilized, this lets you make a number of handy devices with limited utility equal to your Intelligence modifier. They're versatile utility options that can emit light, record and replay sounds, emit noises or odors, or relay messages. For most artificers, these features fall by the wayside, but for a rogue playstyle, having a little on-demand noisemakers that can mimic any sound while I sneak past the guards has infinite possibilities. Next we have armor and shield proficiency. Even when multiclassing into it, we get armor proficiencies both light and medium, and shield proficiencies when we take an artificer level. Medium armor means we don't need nearly as much dexterity for our AC, and we were already only wielding a rapier, so that empty hand can easily keep us safe with a shield. Next we have spellcasting. 
Artificer spellcasting works a little bit like an intelligence-based cleric. You get to prepare any artificer spells you'd like each day, but are limited by your spell slots. The artificer spells aren't integral to our build, but more magical abilities are always welcome. Note that unlike the wizard spell list, access to spells from the artificer list means access to healing spells, which is great even if it isn't massive healing. And then we have infuse items, something I always really love when playing an artificer. Starting at second level, the artificer gets to essentially make magic items that only last for a while. This, however, opens all sorts of magic item possibilities, from simple stuff like magic rapiers to on-demand magic ropes and gloves of thievery. Note that what gadgets you can make depends on your artificer level, so we'll need to get up to six artificer levels to get most of the good stuff. Tons of utility features and combat potential can be found here. Next we have tool expertise. Gained at 6th level, artificers get double their proficiency on any ability check that uses tools. This includes thieves tools, so depending on how you progress, you can use your rogue expertise selections and pick up the thieves tool expertise here. And then we have Battlesmith. While there are other artificer subclasses that could potentially work, we're focusing on the Battlesmith archetype, which provides all of the following extra features. It of course comes with Battle Ready. Gained at 3rd level with the archetype, Battle Ready gives us martial weapon proficiency and lets us use our intelligence modifier for attack and damage rolls so long as we can use a magic weapon, which we can easily make happen with infusions. We plan on focusing more on our intelligence than dexterity, so this feature lets us get the best of both worlds without the speed bump of stretched ability scores. And then we have Steel Defender. Also at 3rd level with Battlesmith, you get your very own robot buddy. You can use your bonus action to make attacks with it, but the part we care about is really just that it's an ally we can control with movement speeds of 40 feet. By positioning your Iron Defender wherever you need a friend, you can basically guarantee you can always make a sneak attack. And now with Extra Attack, keep in mind we can't perform multiple sneak attacks in a turn, but Extra Attack means more chances of getting that sneak attack off. Gained at 5th level, just like a fighter thanks to Battlesmith, we get just as much martial prowess as most other melee combat classes. Moving on to significant rogue features, we have skill proficiencies. Rogues gain the most skill proficiencies at first level in the game, and that's amazingly valuable for any build looking for a lot of utility. Additional skills are worth starting as rogue rather than artificer. The biggest get of the rogue is easily sneak attack. One of the best offensive options in the game, Sneak Attack adds a massive boost of raw damage on one attack roll per turn, on the condition that you either have advantage or your ally is within 5 feet of the target, and the weapon must either have finesse or be ranged. Our plan is to grab a rapier and then improve it using our infused item ability. And then with Cunning Action, this gives us our pick of martial options at the cost of a bonus action. Starting at our second rogue level, we get the bonus action options to dash, disengage, or hide. This rogue mechanic lets us position ourselves easily in combat and helps make sure that we stay out of harm's way, but land those sneak attacks when we need to. And then we have Arcane Trickster. There are technically other ways to run this build, but taking the intelligence-based spellcasting archetype just makes sense when multiclassing with an intelligence-based spellcasting class. This also gets us additional spells and additional spellcasting options by granting access to the wizard spell list in addition to the artificer spell list which helps even if most of our spell levels will be comparatively pretty low. And then we have Uncanny Dodge. Rogues gain some nifty benefits even at early levels. The ability to have damage from a nasty hit is worth considering and may be a juicy upside if you're just trying to maximize sneak attack anyway. Moving on to ability scores, normally in Dungeons & Dragons anything with levels of Rogue can focus mostly on dexterity. But thanks to our battle-ready feature from the Battlesmith archetype, we not only get medium armor and shields, but we also get to use our intelligence for attack and damage rolls. 
This means we can focus on our intelligence and make it as high as possible. We still want some dexterity though for medium armor and typically roguish skills like stealth and picking locks. So we should try and get our dexterity and our constitution up to 14 or so. Strength, wisdom, and charisma are all going to be dump stats for us. Gone are the times in D&D where your starting ASI is determined by your race. Now in D&D 5th edition with lineages, you're free to pick your perfect ASI's, which means we're really only concerned with each lineage's features. Starting with the Deep Gnome, we're still mostly a rogue, and the ability to cast Disguise Self and Non-Detection on ourselves, along with Dark Vision, sure make this an attractive choice for scouting ahead and sneaking around. Also, just like other gnomes, the Deep Gnomes get magic resistance, which makes them an especially tempting option. And now moving on to one of my favorite races in all of D&D, the Kenku. The newest version of the Kenku mimicry uses charisma, but it's still incredibly powerful when we're making a character that can make what are essentially voice recorders. Imagine listening to a guard captain, then perfectly mimicking it and having a little widget with their voice on it. The possibilities are endless, and it's a great option for anything with levels and rogue let alone the shenanigans we'll be able to get up to. And then we have the Shatter Kai. Shadow Elves get a ton of free teleports along with Dark Vision, which once again fits perfectly for the rogue playstyle that often needs a lot of combat mobility. Their special teleport also grants damage resistance, so consider this strangely one of the tankier options. Now let's get into building this gadget spy. We want to start in our primary class and take our first class level as rogue, followed by three levels of artificer to get the battlesmith archetype. From there, you'll want to get up to three levels of rogue to pick up, among other things, the arcane trickster archetype. Then you'll want to swap back until you reach six artificer levels to pick up extra attack and upgrade all your infused item options. The build then finishes off with continued rogue levels for a final split of six artificer levels and 14 rogue levels. We're not picking up anything amazing at the 14th level of rogue, so don't worry if you want to mix it up a bit, but we should try to treat rogue as our primary class rather than trying to be an artificer specialist. Also keep in mind, like with other multi-classes, our ability score increases come at every fourth level in a class, not our character level overall, so consider rounding to those fourth and eighth levels sooner rather than later. We're going to want to be wearing medium armor, wielding a shield, and most importantly a finesse weapon that we've infused with magic using our infused item feature. So long as we use an infused finesse weapon, we can get to use our intelligence for all the attacks and damage rolls, and because it's an infused item, we can use it as a spellcasting focus to cast both our artificer and our arcane trickster spells. Getting to use all of our spellcasting abilities while wielding a sword and shield just feels amazing every time you make a spell attack with your rapier. With 14 in dexterity, a breastplate, and a shield, our AC should be 18, which is mighty respectable. And since we can make our melee attacks and cast spells while fully armed, you might consider foregoing the shield for a second weapon and that sweet bonus action attack. Just remember that you'll never get additional sneak attack damage, just higher odds that you'll land it when you've got three to four attacks. It's a judgment call and we do get strong defensive abilities from our spells, but personally, I like the flatly higher AC here. The next part of our plan is the Steel Defender. It sadly moves right after us rather than before, but with a bit of maneuvering, your Steel Defender can essentially always guarantee sneak attack by being your ally in close combat. Just stick your robot pal nearby and stab away with the Steel Defender's deflect attack reaction at the ready for a defensive boost if there's any serious retaliation. So what does this dual class option actually play like? Well, it's a strange one, but you've got the sneaking capacity and all of the mischievous toys that you could want. Your combat playstyle feels a bit like a better Eldritch Knight with your arcane weapon, alongside a ton of combat buffs. 
You're not limited to light armor like a pure rogue, and you'll feel as beefy and capable as other martial classes even with all the spellcasting. Just your baseline magical tinkering feature gives you incredible scouting options. You can make a device that sounds like footsteps or taunting and then toss it past the guards. You can make an emitter that puts out smells of a large beast so that you can scare hunters away. I find these features are often wasted on pure artificers, but rogues can get a lot of mileage out of these kinds of things. Infuse item is very similar but stronger, giving you a wide range of toys to put together whenever you need them. You'll want to keep one on your sword constantly, but you're free to get creative with the rest of your infusions. For spy gadgets, I particularly recommend the Cloak of Elvenkind for some serious buffs to your sneaking ability and Gloves of Thievery for a plus 5 bonus to all of your lockpicking endeavors. Boots of the Winding Path also gives us access to a bonus action 15-foot teleport, which can be absolutely invaluable to any aspiring spy. Where it gets extra interesting is when we add in the Arcane Trickster's Mage Hand Ledger Domain feature. Think of all of the fun you can have Mage Handing a Noisemaker or Odor Maker into someone's pocket. Not to mention you can use your Thieves tools at range using your Mage Hand, so that you can never get caught in a trap again you know, if you're smart about it. I think what makes this build appealing for me beyond the creative outlets is that I don't have to skimp too much on my combat prowess to make all of it happen. The dip into Artificer hits the sneak attack progression for sure, but in exchange we get essentially guaranteed sneak attacks, an extra attack, high AC, and magically enhanced weapons. All of our melee attacks get to use our intelligence, which is also our spellcasting ability. The low stress on our ability scores makes the build really work, though. The Battlesmith spell list also comes in handy here, giving us powerful combat spells like Shield and Burning Smite. Intelligence is our casting stat for both our Artificer and our Arcane Trickster spells, and we can even use the Arcane Trickster spells to revive our Steel Defender since it only requires a spell slot and doesn't specify that it must be an Artificer spell slot. More than just the sum of each original class, this build gets martial options, utility options, offensive options, and scouting options. Every D&D player's style is different, but if you're looking into multi-classing an artificer, this is surprisingly one of the better ways to go about it. Thank you guys so much for watching, I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this all the time, and I would definitely like to hear about your rogue artificer characters down in the comments. You guys always have very weird, interesting characters, sometimes very cool and epic characters I want to hear about all of them. And also just some quick announcements. We do have a Patreon if you'd like to support us that way. And we also have a Kickstarter coming up for Skull Splitter Dice at the beginning of 2023. Feel free to take a look at that at a link down in the description. Thanks again for watching, guys. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice. And until next time, farewell.